This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. The following podcast is scheduled for one show. Introducing your host, Dax Xavier Josiah. As you are now listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Not too much of a newsworthy week, but in its place, I'll give my thoughts on some of your favorite TV shows this week, as well as the first three episodes of The Legend of Vox Mechana, which just arrived on Amazon Prime. Everybody's talking about this. Every Amazon Prime video, I should say. And everybody's talking about this. Um, I'm getting a crash course of the the legend, the mythology of this whole thing and how it started and why there is an animated series. So we'll be talking about all that. I'm coming in as not a D&D fan at all. I'm coming in as a casual fan, unknowingly, um, you know, unbeknownst to all the, the lore and the fame of Critical Role and all that stuff. So we'll be talking about that. But also my casual perspective of the actual series itself and why you may want to check it out too even if you're not a DD fan so we'll talk about all that but um let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg All right, so we're just going to talk about like my two favorite episodes this week that came out. I mean, there are a lot of shows that came out this week. I am still watching like Batwoman. Um, what Batwoman is is getting better. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's been great, but it's 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 solid. Uh, I think um, 
the character Alice is one of the best parts of this whole entire thing. And they got some good B stories going on there. Um, Legends of Tomorrow, I just can't get into. I mean, it's watchable. It is watchable at best, but it's not nearly what it used to be, in my opinion. Naomi's uh, been pretty good so far. It's growing on me. I've been reading the comic and I love the comic uh, so far as well. Um, just has some been some really interesting shows out. Um, but the two biggest ones gotta be the book of Bubba Fett and the, uh, and Peacemaker. Like this week's episode of Peacemaker was awesome and hilarious as well as the book of Bubba Fett. And that's where I'm going to be focusing on both of those episodes as well. So like, uh, I'm gonna give my thoughts on this week's episode of Peacemaker. Cause I thought like this further my fandom for John Cena even more like, and trust me, people don't understand. Like I, I, I was a John Cena fan back when he was doing the thugonomics thing. And then when he just got him, you know, they started making him what we didn't want him to be and try to make him this super GI Joe character. It was just lame, but it had nothing to do with him as a person because people know how awesome he is. But when they try to force feed us and, you know, give us what they want and not what we want from him, it, that's when we had to rebel and he just he became the victim of the, of the whole entire process but he understood it i think he understood it he did understand it and because of that he kept going with it and he kept being him now he's technically out of the loop of wrestling and going into acting and became such a renowned famous actor he's you know been you know hosting wipeout he's uh been in you know tons of movies recently the suicide squad and now which led to him uh, James Gunn uh, working with him on this show and he's been just non-stop awesome I got a um, friend and colleague of mine who really is not the biggest Cena fan but I think he's the wrong I think he's not a Cena fan for the wrong reasons um, and I had to tell him like look if you separate the wrestler John Cena from the actor John Cena I think you'll enjoy John Cena even more because him as an actor it, 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 he's like he has the same charisma as like Will Smith because Will Smith was never really an actor, but he he assimilated into the roles of, of an actor because he was he was uh, he was a rapper when he first came out. He used, he was known for being a legend in hip hop. And because of his fame in hip hop, you know, Quincy Jones like decided to say, like, I'm gonna wrap him up. We're going to do something with this. I got an idea for this, by the way. I can't wait to, I, you know, all, you know, I can't wait to check out that dramatic version of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That, that, the idea of that is just insane. But, you know, I digress. They took him and made him a household name in acting and it just went on from there. And they, uh, James Gunn has done the same thing here with John Cena and he did the same thing with Dave Bautista. Um, guy's just gold with, with wrestlers. He sees something, he sees potential in these guys and he seems to know how to put the rocket on them and, and let it fly. And, uh, and blast off. This is no different. Let, uh, let's talk about this. Um, Cena continues to shine uh, in this episode. Like, seriously. he Basically, the episode is that he's he continues to be uh, pissed off at um, Economus, uh, who framed his father for White uh, his father White Dragon in the last episode, which led him to being in jail and all this, all this chaos happening. And now White Dragon's going to go crazy and build from within. It looks like uh, as economics continues to uh, continues with his very bad PowerPoint presentation, Peacemaker continues to troll him all throughout the entire meeting and um, then sets off on a tirade 
by listing off a long list of names of celebrities and fictitious characters that he could have framed. And I mean, he went off the deep end with this list. Like he even went off as far as naming the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shipwreck from G.I. Joe. Um, was it Destro or, or one? Uh, no, Cobra Commander. He named off so many people. The Green, I think he said the Green Lion or the Green Leopard from Voltron or something like that. It was hilarious. And he just, he he did it without even breathing. It was almost like watching Dr. Cox from, from Scrubs when he does his little tirades and he just goes on a tangent for like, almost like a more than like a minute or two without even stopping or breathing when he does it it's trust me people that is not an easy thing to do and he did it and then on top of that at the end the you know at the end of every episode they show like some type of a um extra scene and then it shows him listing off more names it's just one of the funniest highlights of the episode for me i i it was hilarious but you gotta be a really talented and charismatic dude to be able to pull something off like that <laughs> and cena did it i don't know how many takes it took him to actually do that and i'm pretty sure he didn't go off and do it like the first time right maybe he did i'm not sure but i it, it look is a person who reads off you know off of notes that he makes himself and still gotta do takes and all this stuff it's not that easy it is really not that easy. It takes time to really practice and hone that skill. You know, if you do it after a long time and you start reading off these notes after a while, it becomes a normal thing. But even still, there's some things that like it takes a while to get used to. That right there was awesome. <laughs> okay. Me, uh, meanwhile, we got Danielle Brooks' character, uh, Leota uh, Adeboa, who is like struggling with her job and her relationship with her wife. And I also see every episode. I feel like she's hiding something that because as we know, we talked about this before. She's um, Amanda Waller's daughter. And if you're Amanda Waller's daughter and you're in this, you know, secret, a secret organization, just, you know, secret ops, you know, uh, team, you got to have some skill sets. And I think for some reason, something big is going to be revealed about her, her character down the line and i don't know what it is but it's slowly slowly burning we only got a few more episodes left of this series i am looking forward to seeing i, I think she's just gonna just come out of her shell and just be so badass at the end or something is gonna happen i don't know what it is um but whatever she's struggling with it's starting to get worse and worse at each episode so i'm looking forward to that the team goes on a hunt for an alien butter uh for the alien butterflies that result in a major bonding experience through the love of a uh, of cult classic 80s rock. Um, turns out both Peacemaker and Economist, who are both having, you know, animosity for each other, are big fans of an old band. And Economist um, even shows off his tattoo uh, that he has based on the famous song in the album. During the mission, the team got overwhelmed when a butterfly took over the mind of a giant ape which uh, led to economists coming to their aid and with a chainsaw going uh, right through the ape. Now, take note that earlier in the episode, Vigilante wanted to use the same chainsaw to take out aliens and, and Hardcore refused, like denied him to do that because they wanted to keep quiet. But, you know, it happened. So he kind of feels a little bit like he kind of feels a little bit shaded 
from that moment. I love Vigilante in this series. I like Vigilante in this, like Vigilante in the last episode was awesome because he was on his way to kill White Dragon. And what he did, he went over to all those like white supremacists and nationalists and started just going on a tangent about how awesome, you know, the black community is and whatnot. It was, it was so awesome. Like I could not like, I could not have liked that character any more than I did this time. And I've seen this character. He's never been, his character development has never been as good as it was, as it is in this show. Cause he's been on Arrow and like other series before, but they didn't really, they, they really treated him like a secondhand character, but here he's kind of been stepping up majorly in here. And I love him absolutely love it. and i love that suit i always say that every week i love that suit that he uh the design of that suit so um after the battle uh after the hard fought battle i should even say the team began uh to become a, like a stronger unit like even like with even uh hardcore hardcourt uh opening up to the idea of friendship in this thing you saw it she even went out of her way to take a picture of the team jamming together as they're going back to headquarters uh, and then creating a group chat for everyone and naming it the uh, after the favorite song that Peacemaker and Economist, Economos uh, bonded over. So I thought that was pretty cool. She's really starting to open up and it looks like she may be even opening up to see um, to Peacemaker as well. Um, we also see Peacemaker and Leota hang out together uh, and, you know, go uh, hang out with each other for drinks and all this stuff um to get advice about how to about connecting with uh hardcore a little bit more so they had a little bonding experience of what they're going through and stuff right there the two enjoyed each other's company and when peacemaker stepped away she secretly gave back his diary hid it back in his um in his bunker or trailer or whatever and um because i forgot that she had it so i don't know what that's going to lead to as well in there so that, like these two seem to be enjoying each other's company greatly uh lastly Leota, and by the way, I should have mentioned this too. Like one of the cool, other cool moments in this was when they were, you know, going after secretly sneaking in to infiltrate the um, the warehouse where the butterflies were. Peacemaker helmet. He one of his helmets, which by the way I do love. Like these are dorky looking helmets, but somehow James Gunn has managed to make the dorky looking helmets awesome by having not only he's he doesn't just have one helmet because of White Dragon who creates the helmets for him he creates an assortment of helmets that all have different features to it the one he had this time just happened to have x-ray vision so he could see you know the anatomy of each person to see if the butterflies were in there so unbeknownst to the rest of the team he's just blasting off people left and right and they're like wondering what the hell's going on and he says like no they're they're actual butterflies <laughs> he can see right through them so and i say that because at least to the very end of this episode where Leota couldn't sleep and decided to go to headquarters and um, get some work done. Mern, uh, team leader Mern, it was in the office. And as you remember last week, we also discovered that he's one of the butterflies, one of the uh, infiltrated butterflies. Um, he's been compromised. And we Mern is um, in there this week and he's in the office and surprised to see her. Leota saw Peacemaker's helmet which included the x-ray vision feature on air and decided to put it on and she's like just at all of the technology of this thing and all of a sudden she looks around and as she activates the feature 
and discovers that Mern is taken over by the butterfly. He realizes that she knows and begins to chase after her. She uh, he catches up with her, and that's when the episode went to black. So great cliffhanger to leave us on for next week. Um, I'm hoping that she doesn't get infiltrated or any like I'm pretty sure she's not, but it'll be interesting to see how she gets high. Maybe this is the um, moment where we see how and why Amanda Waller has so much faith in her daughter and this whole thing. So we will see how that goes, but absolutely fantastic episode. There's not been one bad episode in a bunch. James Gunn continues to prove that he is a great asset to anybody, and especially when it comes to DC and Marvel. Yeah, Marvel, you really made it. Marvel made almost the same mistake that Amy Pascal made, which led to us getting um, Spider-Man. They kind of made a similar mistake in like letting him go due to some stupid circumstances that happened in the past without just realizing like, what has he done in the future? Like he hasn't continued to do this. He what he didn't pull a Roseanne Barr type of situation. You know, it was one thing that he did from the past. He hasn't done it since he's actually matured from that time. He's learned his lesson and he's made up for, you know, 10 times over. But during the the cancel culture situation and at and its core and its strength of the cancel core situation, they were just people were just getting hacked left and right without any critical thinking of should we really like who, who is he? Who was he yesterday and who is he today? And that's just one of those things that we have to continue to, you know, um, work on all of us. We have to continue to work on because nobody is a total saint. Everybody has done something that has hurt somebody or done something wrong or done something that they regret. And myself included, I look, <laughs> I have no angel body stretch, but I have learned my lesson from then. And I, I like to always believe that I have proven myself um, and of uh, some form of redemption for the things that I've done in the past. And I have not done them since, but I openly admit that too. It's like, I think we talked about this last week um, on the show of things, and which is why I want people to really, you know, take heed on the things that they do and, and, you know, allow yourself to learn because it's not about being perfect. It's about what you can do about the mistakes that you made and how you correct them. You know, that's when you come out really strong is when you learn from your mistakes. You know, the old saying, you don't know, you only lose when you don't know how you lost, you know? So as a result, James Gunn is working on a, like one of the best things to ever happen to DC films since they've begun. Bar none. Like the Suicide Squad can be arguably one of the, like, if not the best DC film of them all at this point. Um, and this series is, you know, following up with, with, with you know, continuing that trend. So really enjoyed this episode love it if you haven't checked this series out yet if you have hbo max if you don't this is a reason to get it this is just one of many reasons to get it so all right let's go over to the world of disney plus because i'm going to briefly talk about this uh episode of mandalorian i talked briefly about it on uh the select star video game podcast and why i did was because of the appearance of bd1 from star wars jedi fallen order so that was absolutely an awesome thing and it connects the video game to the universe again so uh, much like it does the animated series to the live action universe so it all connects in that way and of course couldn't do that without john fabro <laughs> being a part of this whole entire thing they managed he was a professional at making connections there excuse me so you know along with josh whedon and the um 
in the in the Russo brothers and everything like they they got the formula down they're, they're using the Marvel formula bringing it down to that end and doing something different again my only criticism about the Star Wars universe is that they cut off Star Killer from uh the Force Unleashed video game that was one of the all like most badass characters I've ever you know loved in the entire universe and now he doesn't he technically doesn't exist for some reason i hope that they change managed to change that i really do because i don't see how or why they need to you know put that out but this week's mandalorian episode of the book of bubba fett i mean like this episode was a full-on um mando ep um i thought he was just gonna be like a, a making a, a special appearance in this app no the whole entire episode was a prelude to things to come for not only uh this show but the new season of the mandalorian which will be coming down the line i look it was i didn't expect it but i wasn't mad at it and i loved this episode so much um for a lot of reasons um so basically he um this takes place right after the events that happened in, in season two with gideon moss and he took the sword and all this stuff and um so you know that situation was just done. He goes to on to return to see uh, Pele Mato, uh, Mato uh, in hopes that she could build him a new ship. Um, in fact, she does uh, really, really fast. Like it's just like the Lamborghini of uh, ships. <laughs> and they both go back and forth and trying to, you know, on parts and what to do. And, you know, cause he's helping to build this thing and she's jacking up the engine, you know, Tim, uh, Tim, the tool man, Taylor style and you know quantify it to make sure that it works with the speed that it is given and all this stuff so they they put it just they put some work into this and this is the time when we see bd1 in here you know a few times not just one time a few times just to make sure and then and um peli motto even called him bd so it was in fact was bd1 uh in this too so she built him an insanely fast ship as a result so fast that during the test ride he could stop by the alliance and question almost like it was like a star wars version of um you know a normal situation that happens in a, in, in the real world when cops stop you for speeding one of them actually recognized him and wanted him to uh, wanted to give him a pass but before doing so he asked him if he knows him from somewhere before mando didn't hang around to answer that question as he went light speed to avoid it and they didn't follow because it was like their, their ships can't handle it so it's like every bit is reminiscent of that type of scenario of like somebody with a very fast car they the cops don't have the ability to you know chase them so they just let them go it's just like whatever so a very interesting scene comes when um one of his own uh from his guild wanted to fight him because to own the right to the dark sword that was uh, um that mandalorian took from uh gideon moss and he claims that it was a part of his his heritage so he wanted to fight him for the right of that after mando defeated him he uh he was asked by the head of the guild if any of them have ever taken off their helmet to which mando regrettably admitted that he did this led to him being banned from the guild altogether uh no questions none of that they just let him go after returning to motto's shop he was then met by phoenix shand who in the last episode we talked about this um he thought that uh about recruiting him to bubba fett she offers some money he tosses the money back to clients and said that he'll do it for free in honor of bubba fett 
Mando also mentioned that uh, he wanted to visit Grogu, aka Baby Yoda. So we will be seeing Grogu once again in the new season of Mandalorian. That's awesome because I didn't know what direction and fans didn't know what direction they were going to go. Is this the last time we're going to see Grogu? It looks like it's definitely not the case. We're going to see him return again, probably, probably even more powerful than he ever was because now he's being trained and um we're gonna see what happens is he gonna be grown is he gonna be a little bit older i think that you know what i wouldn't be surprised if they age him a bit because i know that the studios have said many times that they don't his name is not baby yoda and they gave him a name already so the probably the one thing to break away from that baby yoda deal is to age him a bit so make him a little bit you know older taller or something like that and he won't i, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go that route i would not be surprised if they go that route so um absolutely i am looking forward to this next season of the mandalorian like seriously the mandalorian and now the, the uh the uh book of bubba fett have really reignited my fandom for star wars i've always been a star wars fan but not as strong as a lot of other people and and fandom um but i think what turned me off it was the first three episodes more like the first two episodes because the um the first episode and the attack of the clones i wasn't really into um it really fell flat for me but the revenge of the sith was what really you know it, it kind of brought me back and then I, I actually did like the other three after the initial three four and five uh, uh episodes that came out the you know regular the original star wars return of the jedi and empire you know um i actually didn't mind though i actually like those um it wasn't the best but you know it, like if in comparison to what marvel studios has did for their universe you can't compare like star wars doesn't even hold and it's sad because you know a lot of what marvel studios has done is in light of what the star wars universe has done but they did it marvel studios has done it way way better they got 11 years of solid storytelling from their franchise in there so i mean it's you know it's still there it's still hanging on strong and it's even getting stronger now thanks to the likes of john Favreau and the writers and everything going on there and what they're doing it's just really awesome so i'm looking forward to that so all right last thing last bit of news i got to talk about is uh or i want to talk about is peter dinklage in disney peter dinklage uh in a recent podcast uh talked about his disappointment for disney for missing the mark on giving better representation to the dwarf community and i you know he he brings a great point you know he expressed that the idea of the seven dwarfs was a bit archaic and outdated i mean he was happy that they are giving better representation for uh for the um the role of uh i was about to say alice of snow white um by giving it to the actress who is from who's uh acting on a uh, west side story i forgot her name i think was she in the height in, in in the heights too i'm not sure um but she is uh the the i believe the lead of west side story is going to be um snow white in here so that and she's of uh latino i believe she's from uh, latino in here so that's awesome but then there's the seven dwarf situation too which he felt like you know dwarfs living in a cave and all this stuff was a bit archaic and i can't blame him here you have a guy 
who is in a, a renowned and a, you know outstanding actor game of thrones was one of the greatest shows to ever come out and in it he was one of the mvps of the show like whenever his character got on the show everybody eyes was glued to this guy because not because of his height not because of his his ability to um his door uh, um his door for parents he brought eyes to his presence his aura his portrayal nobody i i watched that show and i enjoyed every episode because he was just awesome first of all the dude had almost as many women as charlie harper or two and a half men <laughs> okay that's one thing but in that he felt more like a leader he felt like a, one of the most charismatic guys ever and you were people were just at all of his, his character and they didn't think anything about his stature or whatever like that and i get it and he knows it and he even said on he even said in, in in a very jokingly way but also i'm pretty sure he was serious about it he he literally said haven't i done enough to prove and you when he, the minute he said that he's he knows it's like like he broke barriers with his portrayal of of um you know because it's, it's not the same thing we've seen you know we've seen people in that community for years play these role these these um typecast roles as elves dwarfs leprechauns um and such and it's just like he kind of changed he really not even kind of he did change the game on how he was being portrayed how people you know portrayed him or looked at him or took him you know and for and they it was he was very well done and everything he's done after that has been awesome too you know he's been lawyers he's been um giants he's been like he's been so many different awesome things and, and take on some awesome roles that was outside of the bubble of the stereotypes that he should be portraying i mean he's incredible so i am fully understanding of why he doesn't like he, he's like he i hate to say this but he kind of you know people will probably arguing with me to this but he kind of broke barriers in a kind of city portier-esque type of way but i feel like his his level of acting is in that same you know same presence he may not have the movie library the legendary you know catalog that sydney party has but you know his his presence has that kind of a you know vibe to it as well so i don't blame him at all but speaking of leprechauns while many agreed with him there were some that did not agree in the form of former wwe wrestler uh, superstar, I should say, an actor, Hornswoggle, who disagreed with Dinklage's thoughts on the matter. Hornswoggle, I don't know his real name because he still goes by the name Hornswoggle that he uses in uh, for wrestling and all this stuff. Um, I don't think he uses that for his roles in acting whenever he's on acting, but he he does use still use the name Hornswoggle, which was named, which was given to him by you know WWE, aka Vince McMahon, to portray the stereotypical leprechaun. yes it yes which is one of the many reasons why i can't stand watching wwe and i don't and i stop watching wwe because their mindset is as every bit the problem that dinklish has right now like if he has issues with like disney 
man i hope he's not a he's obviously not a wrestling fan because he would have talked about that ages ago and just keep playing these these typecast roles and i get it because you know the black community has that same situation too where in the indian uh community and uh the community as well because you know you got people who are playing the stereotypical apu roles you got in you know and and the African community, you African American community, you got people who are playing these same stereotypical roles, drug dealer, basketball player, hip hop artist, stuff like that. I mean, we we've gotten far out of that since. It's not like we're totally the same. Like we've nipped that in the bud and it, we're slowly still nipping at it in the bud right now. But it's nowhere, it's much better than it was, say, in the nineties or the eighties, seventies, and all this stuff. Um, you know, this is what Holly this is what Terrence Howard uh, you know, it was talking about a Hollywood shuffle, you know, in regards to that. Um, but, um, it's, it's just really like, I, I totally understand, but like Hornswoggle to me is like, he's a guy that like, he, he takes what he gets and he just runs with it, but he's not really like the caliber, nowhere near the caliber actor that Peter Dinklage is. And Peter Dinklage is trying to change the game and he has and he's continuing to try to bring better representation to it. And then you got guys like Hornswoggle who just wants to. But he, here's the thing. Hornswoggle's mindset. He's a dude from WWE. So I'm not surprised that his mindset is like, go with the grain. Don't fight the system because he's one of many people in WWE who don't fight the system, who, you know, who wants to fight the system, but doesn't go against the system and settles for the system rather than fighting for better, you know, representation, fighting for better, you know, opportunities and stuff like that. He just wants to, he, he's, he's one of those. I mean, and it's unfortunate. We got him here. We got him in our community, in my community as well. We have a certain name for him, but to which I cannot say in off on as we're on air, but there's a saying those in a black community know that saying, I don't want to go there it's it's derogatory and as offensive as it is just even saying it even even if it does mean that some people do play that role and uh it is what it is but just you know you're gonna have those you're gonna have people who just rather just wants to settle for those type of deals and unfortunately he's one of them um i totally agree with this whole situation and i hope it looks like they disney are in talks with dinklage about you know trying to make this is a better situation and a better story i don't know what they're going to do to it in um i've recently just had the same situation with a video game company and i'm still waiting to see what they're going to do and this is why i'm not reviewing the game until they they, they said they were going to do it i don't know to what in when they're going to do it they claimed that it was going to take this week but due to circumstances of said you know um companies you know per, it, uh, look trust me when i tell you i'll explain this when it finally happens and it'll be on select start but it was a situation that i felt needed to be changed much like um peter dinklage's situation i had you know addressed them on it they claim they apologized for it they claimed that they were going to do it or make sure that it was on all platforms so i don't know to what end has it done yet i have it on a nintendo switch maybe i should try to get it on the other systems too i don't know whether it is fully updated yet but hopefully it'll be updated by next week and we will see that change because it needed to be changed and i'll explain it if you haven't for those who are listening who haven't been on you know dotemu's platform you know what it is so um 
If not, I'll explain it down the line, but it's a it's based on a game that I have that I have yet to review and I'm refusing to review until I see this yet. But we'll talk about this later. It does connect. It just there is kind of relevancy towards this and what Peter Dinklage is just talking about as well. So we'll talk about that soon. But that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back. And when I do, we're going to review the first three episodes of The Legend of Vox Mechina from prime video and this is maybe one of the best animated series to come yet we'll talk about that right after this ladies and gentlemen this is dax xavier josiah the host of acmg presents talk time live the podcast you want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime comics movies and games such as this is miley Flanagan, the voice of naruto this is stephanie shea the voice of sailor moon this is ruben langdon voice of ken masters and dante from devil may cry hey there this is kyle abear the voice of ryu from street fighter 5 this is chris battle character designer of teen titans go here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review or my thoughts on, I can't give it a review yet because the show only had three episodes so far and they got more episodes to come. So I'm just going to say thoughts for now. Maybe I'll come back to this and give it a great, you know, down the line when it's all, when the season ends. But uh, we're going to talk about the legend of Vox Machina and it's uh, Prime Videos, you know, for all you Amazon Prime subscribers. It's Prime Video's latest animated series, and this may be, in fact, one of the best animated series that they may uh, have acquired to date. And this is just apps. I mean, they already got Invincible, and they got, uh, I forgot what was the other thing that they had that was awesome, too. I mean, they got a few live action shows that are awesome, too. God, Prime Video has gotten so far to the days that we just were just paying money just for the shipping and then didn't realize we just had a whole bunch of videos that were available as well so they they done a great job building their uh library here and this is another addition that is just awesome and from what i understand i i, I was not privy to any of the the uh vox machina lore or anything of course i'm not a DD fan by any stretch um I, I, look i'll tell you a little quick story about it like i played DD once and maybe it could have been because it was just the wrong dungeon master I was with at the time or not, but it was just like a not so fun experience and it lasted forever. And it was just, it was just borderline boring. It was so boring. And maybe that was just my experience. Like I, I, I don't know if there anybody who really had a great or fun dungeons and dragons experience that really wasn't invested in it. Like, the best dungeon masters I can probably say are the ones that can bring excitement to 
everybody who even if you if you're a first timer trying to get in and maybe not invested into it if you if you you got to be the best dungeon master if you can get somebody who's not really invested in it really into it because it's not for everybody and it does last eight in eternity now what it does do is that it creates great bonds within geeks and many alike and there but my first time was like going into a roller coaster that didn't excite anybody it was, it was like going in a roller coaster that just went horizontally the whole entire time so it just it, it felt like more like just a a point a to point b but now there was no loops there was no you know elevation and drop downs or anything that dnd experience was literally a roller coaster that just went straight okay there was no excitement or suspense or no heart wrenching moments or anything that's what it felt like to me but my experience is not the experience of everybody else i recognize it i did watch the original dungeons and dragon cartoon from back in the 80s that was awesome um you know and i recognize that it's still a major big thing to this day i mean real i think this maybe it might even be bigger than ever to this day and this just depends on who's playing the game and who's having fun and how they you know create the narrative for it you know apparently this uh gentleman uh named matthew mercer which he goes by the name of and his um group and studios uh, critical role you know these guys got famous from doing you know creating D D um games and such like that and the legend of uh, vox mechana was just one of them and it has gotten really famous for it and he did like a couple seasons of this uh series and people really really enjoyed it and he's made quite a bit of fame from this whole entire thing so much so that they wanted to make an animated series for it an awesome animated series mind you critical roles uh the legend of vox machina it you know there's a formula that are taken from this so the basic the basic story off of this is like and i'm reading this basically from um imdb it's really short and sweet in a desperate attempt to pay off the uh a melting bar tab uh a band of misfits end up on a quest to save the realm of external uh exandria uh, from dark magic forces now that is true but is there it goes deeper than that especially if you watch the third episode because things get really really deep with one of the characters and and uh, one of the enemies from here so when i looked at this and i saw this first of all the first few seconds if you're not familiar with this like i wasn't you'll find that this is not a kid's show <laughs> the first few seconds like 30 seconds the first 30 seconds of the series it just goes off you know on a total rate of r binge of just all types of you know f-bombs and all that stuff and everything so i was not expecting that because the art style is very similar to that of many other shows that we watch like um voltron um i don't know if studio mayor is the ones responsible for this series but the animation very much mimics that of studio mayor uh when they do um legend of Korra, uh voltron recently uh masters of the universe it, it, it has that same art style to it even some dc animated um movies as well um so it has that same type of style of animation in there which is awesome i i love this style of animation it's beautifully done this is the type of animation that america have been we've been dying for to have in america for so long because we were relying on anime um and a lot of times we still do but the uh that we you know the u.s finally has learned that great animation and great story 
are a beautiful combination. And it wasn't like that in the 90s. It, it just went total 180 in the 90s here. Um, but we got to see that here. And uh, it was just, it's just absolutely awesome. I should also add that this series was uh, kickstarted uh, a while ago. And it, it finally made it. And then not only made it, you know, made their kickstarting goal. But it also, you know, Amazon Prime, you know, now has the rights and license to bring it on. You know, this all all because of the success of the D&D community and the support that they have. So it's just really, really, uh, you know, awesome that, you know, through Critical Role's, you know, streaming of the of their D&D campaigns and everything led to this. This is pretty awesome. Uh, so I love the characters, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't realize and notice that there's a hint of Guardians of the Galaxy in here. I mean, if you just look at the characters alone, I mean, the characters alone, they especially, especially um, Grog Strongjaw, who just, he obviously looks like uh, Drax the Destroyer in here. You got um, another guy, you know, a guy who kind of, kind of fits the format of Star-Lord. And then you got the, um, you know, the, you kind of got the, the Rocket Raccoon character in here. But I'll I'll go down the uh, cast list right now. Uh, Travis um, William Ham is uh, Grog Strongjaw. Um, like I said, he's very much he's very much like um, you know Drax the Destroyer. And um, this guy has played a lot of voices uh, from you know Full Metal Alchemist. Knuck, uh, he's Knuckles on Sonic the Hedgehog games. Um, you know he's been on Dragon Ball as well. So he's playing that character. You also have. Um, Marissa Ray as Keyleth um, of the Air Sh uh, Ashari. She has the power to, you know, the power of nature, it looks like. So she can, you know, uh, you know, manifest vines and everything from out of nowhere. And it's pretty awesome power, to be honest. Uh, she was really cool in this, too. Um, but honestly, the, like the Rocket Raccoon character in here and just he, this this character reminds me of um Neil Patrick Harris is Barney from uh, from How I Met Your Mother in a sense because he's just everywhere and all over the place and he's just he he's another like Peter Dinklage character where he's like a dwarf character but he's just going he's nailing every chicken every, wherever he goes so and he's also kind of um, he, he he's kind of a ward um, or bard if you will he sings all the time and his singing somehow serenades everybody to probably do everything at his will but sam regal plays uh scanlon uh short halt and it's probably the highlight mvp character of this whole entire series so far but he's also like kind of the right um the um rocket raccoon of the bunch as well in my opinion so it's awesome uh take note that uh sam also plays donatello on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the animated series as well. He's played on an amazing Spider-Man um, uh, game as well. Uh, not as um, he's had roles as Peter Parker in an Amazing Spider-Man game, but not the Insomniac Spider-Man game. I should point that out. That was Yuri Lowenthal. He was the recent uh, Peter Parker right now, and here for the Insomniac version and the and the um, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance version as well. Uh, Liam O'Brien plays Vax. Vesser, who's one of the two twins of the uh, series, and his uh, and Laura Bailey is playing Vex, who's the other sister, and they're like twin uh, assassins, pretty much in here. 
Um, you got Ashley Johnson as Pick Trickfoot, who is also a dwarf character, or elf, if you will, maybe. Um, who, you know, she's, I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't, not sure if she's giving vibes that she has a thing for Scanlan, for Scanlan, uh, yet, but he flirts with her pretty often in here, uh, as well. But then we have, um, Tallison Jaffe, if I'm saying this correct, as uh, Del Rolo, and he to me comes off as the he comes off as the actual um, Star Lord character, but he is he has some interesting beef with what it looks like to be the main villain of this series, um, which is Silas uh, Browood, which is actually played by in fact by Matthew Mercer, and he appears to be some form of vampire who went and destroyed. Um, Derolo's entire village and he is no joke <laughs> this guy is going to be a force to be reckoned with he almost took out the entire um vox machina group in in the third episode and um he he's going to be the person that they're going after throughout this series so like seriously i enjoyed every bit of it all the characters have been well fleshed out um if this is the like i may not be a DD fan but this series and his mindset and everything i'm gonna be interested to see where they're going with this and how this goes i don't i don't know if i'll honestly i don't know if i'll ever be a DD fan or or, or or a gamer or a player i just i i just couldn't get into it but this in this format in this you know in this uh medium i can get down with this the characters were awesome and very entertaining all charismatic in their own way um i like their camaraderie with each other their di I, the dialogue is very interesting because it's a, it's medieval but it has a modern day dialogue like none of what they're saying it sounds like something of a medieval times it sounds more modern like their their mannerisms everything about it it just comes off a little bit more modernized but i like that because that's where the comedy comes in because it's not something you would expect somebody of that type of genre or era would be would, would ever say and do and it's awesome and, and they, they did a great job with it so far the first three episodes are available on prime video if you have an amazon subscription which for goodness sake almost everybody does in this case um there's no way in hell jeff bezos is a billionaire the way he is and not everybody has it so um man go out anyway check this out this is worth the money that you're paying it for on a yearly basis and um yeah man it's it's absolutely awesome i i love it i'm looking forward to seeing the other episodes so far in this and i don't let me see how many episodes there is actually 20 episode 24 episodes whoa oh this is going to be major we have it really no there's a season one and there's um there will be a season two so it looks like there will be uh 12 episodes first season and uh 12 more episodes another season so they already signed up for a second season here that's fantastic why and i know i won't get into that because people will, there are people are going to agree with me in this and the people are not but i was about to um compare this to <laughs> to cowboy bebop um yeah, I'll, I'll leave that alone, but go out of your way, check it out. I won't grade this because we are far from the end of this season to really give it a grade. But right now, the first three episodes, well worth the time for you to invest in this. Go out of your way, check it out before the next episode comes out. Uh, I don't know when the next episode airs, actually. And do we have a date for that? Let me see. I don't know if it's every Friday or what. 
Thanks to Prime, including Prime. February 4th is the next episode, which is Tuesday. Oh, no, wait, I'm looking at January's schedule. It's Friday. So every Friday, we're going to get a new episode of that episode. So we got tons of great content to watch. As always, we have we have um, the Mandalorian. No, God, I keep saying that it, the book of Bubba Fett because of this damn episode. We got Peacemaker. We got some CW stuff out there. We have um, this show right now down the line. We're going to get Moon Knight. And then further down the line, we're going to get a whole bunch of other stuff from Marvel as well. So it's no shortage it's still a great time to be a fan despite everything that we've gone through since 2020 thank goodness we still have this content to go so folks that will do it for me on this episode uh thank you very much everybody for checking up this episode and all of our episodes of talk time live and uh, if you want to check out more and con and more content as well you can go to the official website of talk time live at talktimelive.com you can check out this in every episode there you can check out our exclusive video episodes we may have some guests coming down the line as well i guarantee that um we got our media deal where our episodes of uh well not the episodes but my panels my virtual panels that i did with the cast of bleach sailor moon uh uh, what did we did the Sailor Moon fan trivia as well. We got that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I work with that cast. We also I also hosted it with the core cast of My Hero Academia, one of my favorites of a bunch. I've been waiting to do that one. That was my that was my podcast bucket list of people to interview in there. And the original Pokemon uh, anime cast as well, the OG cast as well. So you can check out all of that on TalkTimeLive.com. Which, by the way, speaking of which. I am playing currently um, Pokemon uh, Legend Arceus. Definitely a great, uh, actually a pretty damn good new experience I'm getting out of that so far. Um, I'm in the process of working with that, but next week, before I get down with that, I think I'm going to review that thoroughly the, um, the week after. But right now, I did finish uh, Gun Vault Chronicles Luminous Avengers X2. I finished that one off, so I'll be reviewing that and uh you want to check that out you want to check out uh the interview i had with my man matt papa you could go onto the exclusive page and check that out on air we talked about it now i get to review it get my thoughts on it see if um how to fare with the recent one uh in there as well so uh go anyway check that out and then i'll give it a thorough review next week from there and um then the following week i'll do pokemon legends from there because there's no way i'm gonna just rush this just to get my opinion on when my opinion doesn't have any merit on there i got to do some writing i got to do some thorough you know checking out i want to make sure it's right because we know what happens when people are discovered that they are doing everything thoroughly or completely so uh stay tuned for that one and uh next week we'll see what happens on this show as well so if you want to check this out on all your favorite podcast platforms, you can do so on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, Fountain, and of course, Tumblr. So uh, everywhere and anywhere, the Tumblr app most preferably at the moment, still nothing on that, that, that bug fix right now, but the Tumblr app, absolutely, you can download that and you can um, use their player to play it on air because the player is showing up on air, but it's not showing up on a web version. Um, that's a bug that, you know, Tumblr has to figure out and I don't know what's holding them up at the moment, but there's 
so many different places to check out the show and enjoy the show from here. So thank you again, guys. That'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. Have a safe week. Stay warm and mask up. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.